Newcastle's best childhood centres, The Little Unicorn. Explore, play, discover, grow. Enrol now. Supporting Newcastle's only mum's radio show. I got it from my mama. With Beck and Sarge. Organisation. I am one of those people who's not organised, Beck, uh, unlike you. In the morning, I just do a little bit of social media for NHM and my yoga studio and then panic and go, we're late, we're late. And for the next half an hour, I'm just getting stuff ready and mess is going everywhere and my children are in the nude running around and I'm trying to chase them with clothes and (laughs) toothbrushes. And that's how it works for me. And then I come home to sort of like, um, I don't know, it's sort of like some sort of ammunition bomb has gone off in the house. In fact, sometimes I'll stay at work longer just because of the anxiety (laughs) of things everywhere. I don't know whether... um the Marie Kondo philosophy is going to help that side of things somehow. (laughs) I think that's just called being a mum and Marie Kondo is not going to help. Sorry. (laughs) So why are you into Marie Kondo? And tell us a little bit about this craze that's sweeping the nation because I didn't know anything about it until you told me. let me clarify with you. I'm not into Marie Kondo (laughs) at all. (laughs) I am intrigued by the idea and I was quite intrigued by the Netflix episodes and um, she seems like a very lovely little lady but um, I do not have the patience to do what she wants you to do and um, by that I mean that I know of numerous friends who literally stayed up all night just folding their socks and folding their shirts and throwing things out and purging and everything like that and I just can't I literally can't find the time to do that and I and I all the patience all the energy and so I'm not Marie Kondo expert. Okay, but if you are interested in what this is all about, we are lucky to have and there's not many of them, but a Marie Condo consultant and Con Marie. A Con Marie consultant. Con Marie consultant coming <laughs> up next, pardon me. Um, Gemma Quinn, and she's gonna tell you all about it and why you should fall in love with this organization and spark joy in your life. Way of life. <laughs> I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHM NewcastleHunterMamas.com. Thanks to our sponsors, The Little Unicorn, offering quality early childhood education for children aged between six weeks and five years of age with a focus on fun play-based learning. The Little Unicorn Centres have been designed with your child in mind. At The Little Unicorn, you can have peace of mind that your little one will develop the skills they need for school and life thelittleunicorn.com.au at Honeysuckle Broadmeadow and soon to be Charlestown Square I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge We are talking to Gemma Quinn who is a KonMari expert and I am not like Gemma I did not, I can't say that I knew much about Marie Kondo before Netflix unfortunately but there was a wave Come, came through when Marie Kondo started out and there are KonMari experts who have um, taken Australia by storm and cha- are changing the lives of so many people already. And, you know, sometimes, Gemma, I have to say that this is not in a good way because sitting up till midnight rearranging my wardrobe is not always good for my sleep. Um, and I, the majority of my friends are saying exactly the same thing. So can you tell us how did you start on this crazy thing that is KonMari? 
Of course. Um, so I think that I have always, I have a natural inclination to um, use the Komari method in my life. Um, so, you know, when I was younger, I would um, organise um, belongings and I'd work out the best way to store them and I would try and understand people's um, connections with things. So my career was in operations so I always naturally was an organiser. I would organise everything. It, it didn't matter. I was compelled to do it. Um, <laughs> That's not you, Sarge. <laughs> do you have that on your business card, compelled to organise? I, I just it. love it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, so the, the one thing with the Komari method is that I always thought that I was really organised and, um, you know, nothing was out of place, etc. However, you know, when I come across, came across the Komari method, it changed me. <laughs> and, you know, that's because, you know, on reflection, I'm thinking, well, what was it that really kind of changed me from that moment? So from being someone who was really organised, tidy, you know, I, I didn't have that many things and people would help me, uh, sorry, ask me, um, to help them organize. And the Conmari method changed my relationships uh, with objects. So, yeah, um, you know, there is everybody around the world needs things, whether or not it's somebody, you know, who lives an exceptionally basic life and they only have a few belongings or it's somebody who has many different things. We all have a relationship with objects and we need them. So for me, it just changed my relationship with objects. And what it actually did was it identified what those objects meant to me and it connected me with myself. I stopped lying to myself about a whole range of different things. And What do you mean? I, so, I mean, um, when you pick up an item and you ask yourself, does it spark joy? You know, the logical brain kicks in. It goes, yes, it's a great thing to wear to X or Y. But if we just stop for a moment and have, you know, one or two seconds of contemplation of, does this object really make me happy? Does it spark joy? And we answer truthfully, that's where I think the magic happens because we're being honest with ourselves. And that leads to the ideal life. And so through my own Komari uh journey, um, which my initial Kamara journey, I believe it's like a practice and it's ongoing. I worked out that A, I wasn't happy and I was lying to myself, um, which was life-changing. <laughs> so yeah. in what respect, what weren't you being what were you being truthful with yourself about? And I'm really interested in this because actually I'm a massive hot mess. Like my life is a destruction. However, I'm a yoga teacher, so I love all this philosophy. Yeah. So, I mean, how was I lying to myself? Um, I don't think that there was no particular object which I picked up and decided that there was a, a massive area in my life that I was lying to myself about. But it was maybe I was just lying to myself about what made me happy. So I was picking okay. up, say, a T-shirt and I thought, oh, well, that makes me happy. I'd pick up a an object in the kitchen and I think, oh, well, this is a great object. It may be a really great object. So, for instance, if you took, um, oh, I don't know, uh, it, it could be um, anything. So, if you took, say, some icing um, products for, you know, mm -hmm. um, decorating a cake. So, you could pick that up and say, or I could say, 
I have this perceived idea that decorating cakes um, is a great thing and I want to keep these. But if I actually stopped for a moment and I thought about it and I thought, do you know what? Icing, you know, cake icing um, products actually makes me anxious. It makes me anxious and I feel like I have this set of obligation that I have to bake a cake. Last time I baked a cake, I forgot the flour and I ended up with banana quiche. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what, but what happens I, if I you throw you know something out that you find that you need? So, oh, so you do, you do massive. I love big purgings. So, I, big purging. So, I did massive purging on the weekend. I got rid of so much stuff in my house. Is this one of the things with Comari you do? Uh, letting go of a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, so we choose what to keep rather than what to let go. So okay. if you could imagine any category that you do, so we do it by subcategory. We go clothing, okay. um, then we go on to books, paper, kimono, which is miscellaneous items, and then sentimental. And within those, we do smaller subcategories. So if you had any subcategory, imagine that entire subcategory is going. It's leaving your house. It's gone already. But you have a choice to choose what you want to keep. And so um, when we do let an object go, we decide it doesn't make us happy, we express gratitude and thanks to that. So, you know, with icing, um, going back to the icing cakes, uh, icing um, belongings, you know, I would let go of those and I would say thank you for letting me, um, you know, letting me, I'm letting go of the obligation to ice a cake, you know, to have this worry that my cake may not be good enough in a social context or a certain situation I am confident in going out and buying a cake and not feeling like I need to to make one. Um, and so that in that in your drawer, that's what it it may mean. And every single item will be different for each person. So, have you found that you've um, let go of objects that you eventually need? No. This is a funny question because lots of people ask me this. And they say, what did you let go of that you regret? And I can't think of one item wow. that I, I can kind of really remember letting go of. I remember one top, I should say, of, it was polyester and it really didn't feel like, and I love the idea of wearing it, but I don't regret letting go of that. There's nothing I um, can think of. And it, it's such a big question for me and I was so mm. concerned about it. I was like, is it just me? I've asked many other people who have completed um, their own kind of money Mari journey, which we call mm-hmm. a tidying marathon, and they're like, I can't even remember what I let go of. Like wow. it's just. So what do you we're... do with your things? Do you have a big massive garage sale? And like, because I would like to go to a Conmari experts garage sale. <laughs> <if> they do. <laughs> Maybe we should have a big Conmari NHM garage sale yeah. and give it all they to would all charity. <laughs> but... There probably wouldn't be much in our garage sale, but you probably want to go to some of our clients. That's right, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not your, you guys know why you've done it. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so, what do you, what, yeah. so what did you do with the items? What, what, and I guess... Just um, donate? I'm asking, like, because I guess, yeah, as Sarge said, if you donated things, that would make, that would give me joy mm. as well. So. so I would say letting go of the items physically, like getting them out of your house, can be one of the hardest aspects of mm. um, letting go of any belongings. And I always recommend to my clients or to other people, I say, unless you need that money to pay a bill, like it's that desperate, you, like we're well, not that desperate, everybody faces different components in their life, but they need that money to pay a bill. I'm like, just let it go because mm-hmm. 
the act of actually letting go of things is really quite stressful and it can be even traumatic for some people depending on what that item is. And if you're finding it hard to let go of an item, so there's a couple of tips that I can give you. Um, One of them would be try and find a charity or someone that you're happy to give things to. Mm -hmm. So there's many of my clients, I say, if you could give this to somebody who is experiencing domestic violence, um, would you be happy to give it to them? They're like, yes, absolutely. What else do they need? So domestic violence charities are great. There's um, some other charities who'll take things that some other charities won't take. Um, So there's one that helps people when they leave um, any kind of incarceration. And then the other thing that I'd say is if there's anything of major value, then think about um, selling it. And if it's something that's just really hard, like you know that you don't want it in your life, but you just can't face putting it in a bin or even taking it to the secondhand shop, (laughs) ask someone else, give it to somebody else, give it to your partner and say, I just need you to take this. I need you to take to a second-hand shop. And that really helps because it's not you doing that. I do that myself. Putting my clothes in the donation um, bin last week, when I was doing so, I felt all these memories looking at my baby's jumpsuits, you know, when they were so young and all this sort of stuff. I felt like I was giving away a part of my life. It really upset me. Is that yeah. is that what people are going through? They feel like they need to hold on to these things because if they give up, those things like I I felt like in sort of some respects you know I have considered having another child or whatever and it felt like I was making a definite decision you know no more kids sort of thing is that what's going on for people with this yeah absolutely people get really sad about it and um so in particular there's moving on from certain stages of life we're continually moving through life so therefore we're letting go of different stages of our life and one of those you know will be a child um you know growing out of onesies. And on the other aspect, it's actually dealing with grief, dealing with the passing of somebody. So it's on different scales. And so what I say is that people's memories aren't in things. Um, they Things may prompt those memories, but, you know, they're within us. And so it's maybe just a matter of how we prompt those memories. So, you know, if you have say, a hundred photos, you know, on a bench and a sideboard in your room. (laughs) And you go, well, they're all my photos of my family. Like, you know, I love them all. And then what happens if you take all those photos off and you joy check them and you understand what really makes you happy and you ask yourself, do you see all of those photos on there? You probably don't. And so if you chose your favourite one or two and just put them up on the sideboard, then you'll be able to see those photos and connect with them more so it's not that you're letting go of anything like that I guess it's just a refinement of your belongings and those and by refining your belongings I found that many people can actually prompt their memories and connect with those a lot more so by having more things maybe you're stopping yourself from seeing what's really important but as you go through your own journey you understand more and then as you you know you work with more and more consultants you just have a deeper understanding and an appreciation of it. Gemma, what about in terms of like you've got your things that spark your joy? I'm not sure that all of mine do, but if you're just like a massively messy person like me, getting a top and hanging it inappropriately on a hanger or something, it drives my partner insane. I don't know, I haven't even read the Murray Method book, but I'm thinking now sort of in terms of like how you're talking, 
that it's all about respecting objects, is it? So yeah, I need to have more absolutely. respect for my... Oh, okay. So, for instance, if you have something and it's, you know, shoved in the back of the drawer um, and you don't want to clean it, you don't want to look after it, do you really want it? Mm. And so when you come across something that you really love, say, say for instance, you have a T-shirt that you know, really kind of has no monetary value, but you just love it to the point that you wear it so often that you want to look after it enough if it was had any kind of damage or how much you would actually pay to replace it. So I can think of a few things that I have that I would do anything to replace, but I can't, so I look after them. So if you're not looking after your things or you're not using it, think, do I really want it? And what's the, what's the um, I guess, the equation? So if you don't use or want those things, then they're almost kind of causing a hindrance in your life because it's filling up your, your life with um, like visual noise or your inability to see what makes you really happy. So if you have a thousand things in a house and only you know, 350 of them really make you happy, but you only use, say, 50 of them, you're not using 300 things that you absolutely love. I've heard that there's strange things done with socks and so forth. Rolling them. <laughs> oh, I love, you, I love is, the idea of kind of being in some kind of coven and doing strange things with socks. <laughs> is there certain um, methods or ways that you organise things that's a little bit different from just, say, how we would do it normally? Yeah, absolutely. It's so, one of the key kind of components okay. of the method. So we store everything by subcategory. So, for instance, you would store all of your socks together within clothing, but you'd also store your sports socks differently to, say, your dress socks. Okay. Um, and then um, what we also say is to use boxes. And using boxes is great because it gives everything a home. And um, when you take an item out, if it's in a box, then it doesn't fall over the, all over the place and it's easy to return to the same spot, which means that, you know, your house doesn't end up kind of chaotic because things are moving once you've stored them. They're easy accessible, easily accessible and you could also use more space. Yeah, and it gives respect to that item. So people actually, you know, quite a few clients who are like, oh, yeah, I get to go home. I get to put on some Netflix, have a glass of wine and fold. They find it quite <laughs> meditative. <laughs> Oh, my God. I feel like my brain is opened now and I might be able to, because I love a good purge, I feel like I can get really stuck in there and I hate cooking, so I reckon three quarters of my pantry is gone. <laughs> How good would that be? <laughs> Thank you, go. you so much, Gemma. That was amazing. You're more than welcome. I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHM Newcastle Hunter Mamas.com.